All right, John chapter number 14. I'm going to read six very familiar verses. You might can just quote them without even looking at your Bible. But John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. I was thinking as I was putting this together, and my notes are a little bit rougher than I typically like to do. I've had this sermon bouncing around in my head for a few days, and I just didn't quite get it down on paper to the extent I like. So this may be really long, it may be really short. We'll see how it goes. But as I was beginning to put this down, I thought back, I love the old gospel songs that were written during the Great Depression era. And I thought about that as we were going up through Oklahoma. I was thinking about the Dust Bowl and, you know, seeing all the farmland and stuff. I was thinking about some of that. But I, I just, I, I love those songs from the, from the Depression era because they have so much hope in them. They're not sad. They don't really reflect the times. They really, they, they give hope and inspire for a, for a bright and glorious future. And some beautiful, beautiful songs have been written about that time, uh, about heaven. And I just, I love to hear those old, those old gospel songs from that period of time because I love that hope that they had. Even when things seemed hopeless, even when things down here were at their worst, that there was a hope for a future. Aren't you glad as a child of God there is hope? There's always hope. But that what we deal with down here, oh, this is the worst we're going to have it. These troubles we have down here, hey, the air conditioning ain't going to be broke up in heaven, okay? It's, it ain't going to be dry up in heaven. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be glorious. And as we... Think about what lies ahead. We've been talking about in Sunday school. We've been going through Revelation, and we only got one chapter left. But you get up there to the very end, you get through all the, the judgments, and boy, it looks dark. And then all of a sudden, there was a chapter, uh, chapter 20 and uh, 19 and 20. Here is Christ revealed. There's Armageddon, there's the millennial kingdom. And those last two chapters talk about what they call the eternal state. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God as a bride adorned for her husband, the new heaven, the new earth. And it talks about all the wondrous things that go there. I was telling them, I said, I get excited reading this. I love to see what we have, what God has prepared for us. And as we look at these verses here in John chapter 14, what a marvelous series of promises of hope that Christ gives to us. I've got just a few thoughts here I want to go through here and, uh, and, and, and kind of go through. First off, I want to say that it is a peaceful place. It is a peaceful place. He said, let not your heart be troubled. And if you remember if you, when this took place, this isn't right in the middle of things going really good. This is at the Last Supper. In hours 
perhaps, Christ will be betrayed by Judas. In maybe hours, he will be arrested. He will be tried. He will be condemned, though an innocent man. In literally hours, he will be nailed to a cross. In literally hours, all these men, his friends, are going to run away and hide. They don't want to be seen with him. They're scared to death. They don't know what's going to Next time we see them in about three days, they're locked in a room. They're scared. They don't know what's going on. And in the middle of all this, Christ is trying to prepare them for that chaos that's about to overtake them. All that uncertainty. And what does he tell them? Let not your heart be troubled. Even though you're about to go through the worst thing you've ever gone through, let not your heart be troubled. Aren't you glad that there's peace no matter what goes on around us? That there is a rock of ages we can cling to even while the storms rage around us. Such a comfort to know the peace and joy that awaits the child of God. I thought of another passage we typically use, like, I mean, funeral sermon, okay? All these, uh, read these verses at funerals. Another passage that's often used, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, Paul talks about how, how we will be risen again to, to be with Christ and the dead in Christ aren't, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be there. We're going to meet together in the sky. A beautiful, wonderful passage, but I like the last part. He says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. He says, down here, things will get hard. Things can get scary. But just keep an eye on what's ahead. You can take comfort. You can have peace in knowing God's in control and He's got something for us ahead. It may not. It's probably not going to be here on earth. Here on earth, we got troubles, we got trials, but there's a place called heaven that is waiting us, and it is a peaceful place. I've told you the story. I like it. It's a legendary story. The old evangelist John R. Rice said that somebody once stuck a gun into his belly and said, "I'm going to blow your brains out." And so he just looked at him and said, "Said, son, you can't scare me with heaven. Uh, listen, the worst we've got." is we get to go to heaven. That's the worst that's going to happen to the child of God. What do we have to fear in this world? There's a peaceful place that awaits us. Second, I want to say it's a prepared place. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. I will admit, I like to watch those HGTV shows and Magnolia, you know. Now, I like to see them that go in. I like the one down in Galveston because it's in Texas, you know. But where they go in and they get those old houses and they, they redo them. And these old houses that are they're falling apart and things are in disrepair. And they go in and they, they clean them out and they get them ready again. Now, I would never want to do that. I know some people, I've got uh, my friend Ron's got into some of that. Ron Bird's done a little bit of that in the past. I know some others have. But... I would never want to do that. But I like watching other people do it. So it's, it's kind of like football. I don't want to play football, but I like watching people play football. You know? uh, but, there, but there's something about that process that's so fascinating. I, I'm not a handyman. I'm not good at preparing stuff. But I'm glad I don't have to get this ready. I'm glad it's not up to me and my carpentry skills. By genetics, my carpentry my carpentry, well, can't say it. carpentry skills are not very good. They usually involve chainsaws. Um, yeah, everybody's back there nodding their head. When my grandpa decided to put a new window in their house, we pull up and there's a chainsaw snout sticking out of the wall where he's cutting out the anyway. 
uh, and sparks flying where you hit an electric wire. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that's I come by it honest. I'm not a carpenter. I, I'm not a craftsman at all on that kind of stuff. But I'm glad I don't have to get it ready. I've built a few things before, and they have. I try to remember as a kid. I tried to build a little clubhouse. It fell over. I, I know it, what I build is just. It's it's not going to be very good. I'm glad there's a place waiting. I don't have to prepare that God himself has prepared for us. I'm glad I don't have to worry if it's ready or not. When uh, me and Becky moved back here to Texas after Bible college, and um, my dad and my grandpa were, were kind of helping us get things set up, and um, they were such a tremendous blessing during that time, and they did so many, so many things for us. And, uh, but in fact, they bought a house, and I hadn't even seen the house. They just bought it. They just told me, said, hey, we found your house. Okay. And they, they bought a little single wide. I don't I'd never even seen it. And uh, show up, okay, this is my house now. <laughs> but um, but when we got back, it wasn't, when we moved in, it wasn't quite, I can't remember what we were waiting on. It was a well, I can't remember, what, electricity or something. There was something, we, we, it wasn't quite ready. And so we had to stay with mom and dad for a little while. And that's before there were grandkids. If we had grandkids, they would have, you know, loved that. But they were ready to rid of us. Um, but anyway, we, we were there waiting. You know, it wasn't ready. We had to wait a, a couple of weeks till we finally could get things ready. You ever show up at a hotel and I say, oh, our room's not ready yet. You'll have to give us a few minutes. Listen, when we get to heaven, it's going to be ready. I don't have to worry about it. God's going to prepare it for me. Christ has got it ready. I don't have to worry. Is it going to be ready? He knows when I'm going to be there. He's going to have it ready for me. He's preparing a place for me. Third, I want to say that it is a personal place. It is a personal place. He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, a place for you. One thing I've learned watching all those HGTV shows and such is some of that stuff's not for me. I, I walk in, see, you see some of those things people do, and I get dizzy looking at that, that black and white pile. You know, sometimes they'll do like, if I had to walk in on that in the morning in the bathroom, I'd get dizzy and fall over, you know. Uh, some things, are they're just, you know, so, well, that's not my style. That's, you know, it's, it's too gaudy. It's, it's too simple. I, I, I like this style. I like that. It, it, there's no such thing. One of the biggest lies in the world is one size fits all. You ever see a hat says one size fits all? They're usually too small for me. Uh, but the, but all this one size fits all, nothing is one size fits all. But he says, I'm building a place for you. I love that. It's not just a place. Listen, you can have a place anywhere. I mean, apartment buildings, you see I'm building right down the road here. All those places are going to look exactly the same when they get done. They just repair. They just prepare a place. All they want to do is rent that place. It's not personalized. But the place away from it, I think, is personalized. He knows. He, he knows me better than I know myself. It's going to far exceed any anticipation, any expectation, any idea that I have. This place that awaits me. My home in heaven, it won't be, you drive down the road and see these new uh, subdivisions and every house is a cookie cutter house and they all look exactly the same, the same roof lines, the same trim, the same colors. I don't think heaven will be like that. I think everything will be personal because he loves us personally. My Savior says that he's preparing a place for me personally. 
Fourth, I want to say it's a promised place. He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Down here, sometimes we make promises we, we, we cannot keep, even despite our, our best intentions. But God himself, who cannot lie, he wouldn't be God if he could tell a lie, has promised us that there is a place waiting for the children of God. He's given us his word that there is a place for us in heaven. It is a promise of God. He's going. He's preparing. And by the way, he's not going to go to the trouble of preparing if we aren't going to be there. And if we're going to be there, he's going to go to the trouble of preparing. It's sure there's going to be a place for us. He has promised that. I love to read about those promises of God. There's so many things. I've told you before, I think one of my favorites there is in um, was it Matthew 28. It says, Lo, I am with you all day. I love that verse. The promise that Christ is with us through the hard times, through the good times, that He is with us. I love that promise that He'll never leave us. He will never forsake us. All these wonderful promises of God. I like to read the ones about heaven, though, where He talks about what's coming up. We studied just this morning in Sunday school, Revelation 21. John said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven, the first earth was passed away. There was no more sea. It's all gone. Everything. By the way, that's sin. That's all the, the corruption. The effect of sin is gone. Verse 2. I, John, I talked about this. I like this. He didn't just say, oh yeah, and here came the Holy Spirit. He says, I, John, I think he's excited. He's like, you're not going to believe this, but I saw this. I mean, I saw this. I got to see this. He says, I, John, saw the Holy City, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. We'll talk about that in Sunday school. Sorry, I'm redoing my Sunday school class. They didn't hear it the first time anyway. So, um, I thought at least get something out of Jack on that one. But, uh, but I was taught in Bible college when you're doing a wedding, that you when, the, when you come to the time when the bride is back there at the back and the doors open, they I was told pause. Don't immediately tell people to stand in the you know the organ or whatever. Duh, 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 duh. Don't don't pause for a moment and let the bride and the groom savor that time. It's the first time that they've seen each other. You know, in our tradition, it's the first time that that groom has seen her and all the work and all the dress and all the hair and everything. And just the, the most beautiful day of her life. Give them a moment to savor that time. And John says, when I see it coming down, it's like that. It's like a bride adorned for her husband. All the love, all the care, all the attention, all the beauty, all the anticipation. That's all wrapped up into seeing this place. And it says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them. And they shall be His people. And God Himself shall be with them and be their God. We don't have to, down here, we say, Well, I long to be with God. I long to be with my Savior. There, we won't have to. He will be there. We'll be able to worship Him. We'll be able to bow before Him. Then you go on to verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Won't that be a wonderful day? There shall be no more death, no neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. No more sciatic pain, right, Owen? For the former things are passed away. All the troubles and cares of this life, they're, they're done. They're forgotten. They're gone. 
What a wonderful day that will be. God's promised us these things. He cannot lie. He's not a politician. He's not just promising things so you'll vote for Him. He's telling you the truth. He's telling you this is what awaits you. What a day that will be. All this awaits for us. He's promised us that it's so. The fifth thing, I want to say that it is a possible place. It is a possible place. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's a conditional statement in there. No man comes to the Father but by Christ. All these promises you look at here, uh, these are not universal promises. These are not made to every man, woman, and child. These are made to the believer. These are made to the child of God. There is a door that must be passed through to get there. John chapter 10, verse 9. Christ says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Shall go in and out and find pasture. He's talking about the, the sheep, uh, the sheep field. Uh, now. But anyway, talking about sheep and stuff right there. But Christ, Christ is saying there's only one way. Only one. There's no multiple ways. One preacher said, somebody told him, said, uh, said well, sir, there's, going to heaven's like going to the post office. I can get to go this way or go this way. Or go this way. He said, Look, heaven's not like going to the post office. There's only one way. And it's through Christ. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. How do we get to this place with this promise it's through him through him that's the only way it's not well i'll impress god with my good works that's not how it works my good works, my, my bad that's not how it works it's only through christ only through his sacrifice only through faith in him only through his salvation only through his free gift that's the only way to heaven how can heaven be ours it's through Christ because He is the way. You only get there by Him. How do you get to heaven? It's through Christ because He is the truth. How do we know heaven? Because He said so. How do we know we can get there? Because He said so. He cannot lie. How can we know heaven is ours? Through Christ because He is the life. I like that because it's not just the hope of eternal life and all that, not just that future glorious life in heaven, but even down here on earth, we get a little taste of it. He already gets us ready. He's working on us, preparing us for that place. And as we go through this life, the more we walk with God, the more our heart is in tune to that place instead of this one. The more we long to be there than here. It affects our life down here. That possible place of heaven, I hope it's not a possibility with you this morning. I hope it's a sure thing. And it can be. It can be. It can be. John wrote and said, these things have been written to you that you may know 100%. I like to tell guys, especially little kids, I'm like, what's your name? Little kids go, oh, my name's Bob. Okay, Bob, your name's now Fred. My name's not Fred. My name's, well, you know what your name is, right? Yeah, we know what our name is. I can't tell you your name is something else. Well, it's just like that. You just know. You can just know that you are saved. It's settled. It's certain. It's unchanging. It's personal. You can know 
that heaven is your home. How good it is to look forward and see that place. I tell you what, it's easy to get discouraged down here, isn't it? I, I think I, I make a mistake a lot of times. I've got bookmarks and news websites. I'll sit there at the computer and I'll say, oh, what's going on? I know better than to do that. I flip over there and bring up, uh, you know, I, I look at both sides of the spectrum. I got Fox News, I got, I got uh, CNN, I've got Drudge Report. I'll, I'll pull them all up and look and sometimes go to some other ones. So I, just, I like to see the spin people put on things. Uh, and I'll look at that and say, my goodness, this place is crazy. Why would I want to be here? The thing is, this isn't my home. Much as I love Texas, there's a better place. There's a better place that awaits us. Got friends, got family up there. All the things that trouble us, I don't think I'll be fat and bald up there. Won't that be wonderful? We get there, we get to be with our Savior. The most blessed thing of all. Sometimes we lose sight of that because we're so wrapped up in our world and we're so sick of things. We'll be with Him. He will be with us. What a blessing it is that there's a place called heaven. Are you ready? Are you ready? You know that that will be your home. That's the main thing. But I'm going to tell you the second thing is start getting your eyes off of this down here. It's fleeting. It's passing. It, 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 it'll be gone just like that. But there is coming a place that will never change. It will never get old. It will never deteriorate. It will never fall down. As we were leaving to go up to Oklahoma City, left our house, got on 51 North, going towards Gainful, cut up, you know, up that way to hit 35. And they're about six, seven miles out on 51 on the left side. You look over to the left, right, right before you get to that um, the church there. I can't remember the name of that church now, uh, but right there before that, uh, that's where I grew up, and I drive by that, and I don't go that way a whole lot. But every time I do, my eyes always look over there. Usually for three or four houses, I see the Spans old house, and I see you know where the Morrises used to live. And, uh, but I look up there, up that driveway. And in my mind, there's a two-story house, and there's a couple of hay barns, and there's a there's a milk barn, and, and, and there's stuff there. Now there's just one tree. They, they tore it all down. Uh, the, the place I, that in my mind is so real, it, it's it's gone. It, it's it's no longer there. And also, it tears me up just thinking about it. I mean, that my, my, my place I grew up, it's not there anymore. But you drive by and you say, well, things of this earth are fleeting, they're passing. There'll come a day, there's a place promised that will never fade away. I could add another P to the outline. It's a permanent place. I could keep where I'm going. We'll just, I'm not going to do that for you here this morning.